Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Sleepers, Keepers, and Creepers with John and Paul, where we talk fantasy, big and small. And just like that, we have another episode coming people's ways, and the baseball season has started. Yeah, officially started this week. Um, even a high-scoring one, so all you fantasy owners that got in early and have that and matter, got a few players, good job. Yeah. Good one to get some all those offensive members in. Sadly, we didn't cover it for you beforehand, so we don't know who we liked and didn't like, and you're out there wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Did I draft wrong based on this first game? Well, you're probably right, because that's a good sample size. <laughs> <laughs> if your guy has four RBI, mark him down. Yep. Trade him for Mike Trout yep. today. One game, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Fantasy baseball. <laughs> nope, just hang tight. The season is long. Yes. And it's just nice to have it back. Expect to see an average of 16 runs per game this year. 16? <laughs> Between both teams or each team? Between both teams. Okay, okay. okay. Still not. But <laughs> it would be a real fun season to watch, though. It would be exciting. What would a blowout be? Would that be like 32 nothing? Maybe people would be coming to watch baseball instead of all these other sports. It would be constant action. Games might be five hours long, though, with that many extra at-bats. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> can't wait to watch uh, baseball this year. Me too. I am ready. <sighs> well, let's talk about it. We're just talking about it right now. Making sure your fantasy squads are all set. Yeah. And what the heck are we talking about? What team are we starting with tonight, John? Well, uh, in the NL West, how yep. do you feel NL about time. the Padres? Let me talk about the Padres first. I feel like the Padres are, have a couple guys that might, you might find interesting. Let's do it. Talk about the old Padres. What guy do you find the most interesting that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, my eyes are always going to be drawn to the new acquisition in this particular case. Mm-hmm. The young star, age of 26, Manny Machado. Uh, currently, he's rated about 13th on ESPN and 9th on MLB.com. He is a very good player. Um, I would have him as a keeper this year uh, based on his career numbers plus his last season. Last season, he hit 297, 37 home runs, 107 RBI, and 14 stolen bases. It's pretty good. Um, you'd kind of like to see a few more stolen bases versus him up at this area. But with a career batting average of 282, averaging 25 home runs a year, 73 RBI, and 7 stolen bases a year, I think he could really be a very consistent contributor at the middle infield positions that are sometimes a little harder to get mm-hmm. those big power bats at. Um, he's had four straight 30-plus home run seasons and 86 RBI-plus se- seasons. Mm-hmm. You love to see that consistency based on his young age, and he's heading into his prime, which should only stabilize his numbers further. So right. I think he's just pretty reliable. Right. Yeah, I agree right there with you. He's labeled as a keeper on this team. I don't really care about Petco Park. I think he's going to do just fine. Um, and really, if you look at him, he is just like a barely cheaper, like on the average per game over this over the year, He's like a little bit cheaper version of Arnado. Mm-hmm. So if you're upset that you're picking towards the back of the first round and you get Manny Machado, good for you because he's going to get you a few more stolen bases. He's not going to give you... Uh, I think he finishes below Arnado in every single category that counts, but not by much. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of canceled. And he's got shortstop eligibility. So, yeah, like I said, around 13, around 15, uh, if you take him just a little bit earlier, around 12 or something too, he's a fine, safe first-round pick because... He's going to give you about three, 30 homers, 100 RBIs, and bat about 285, and then stolen bases. 
14 was actually a little bit higher than it's been yeah. since he hit 20 a few years ago. But Which would definitely be a ceiling. So I don't think you're getting one of those. Maybe four. around 10, especially since... I think that's what you should expect. Yeah. yeah. Because he, but he's never broken 20. So even though he had 14, it, I, my first reaction was, ooh, could he get to 20? Could he improve on that stolen base number? He's only 26. Like, the stolen base age number isn't going down. Right. But I think I completely agree with you. His career is at seven. So he right. over doubled his career average for right. stolen, or doubled his career averages for stolen bases. I think it's much safer to assume 10 stolen bases yeah. is probably more likely. But either way, he's like a... He's like, okay, I, I'm still doing well in the first round because he's just arguably a peg lower than Arnado. Mm-hmm. Is probably the easiest guy to compare him wise fantasy wise. Yeah. And the nice thing is with the roster versatility he gives you, you don't have to really worry too much about your next few picks. If right. you happen to see like Trey Turner sitting there in the second round on your reversal. Sure, take him. I don't think that's a bad move if you pick no. the guy that you really like to take. No. Even if it would be another shortstop. Yeah. And vice versa, third baseman. So it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I think we both agree on him then. That's good. So What's that a, another intriguing name? Um, yeah, he's a for show. I think he's pretty safe. See, I looked at this team, and I think the next guy that I really had in mind was Will Myers. Um, he was the guy that really stuck out the most, but he's also one of the more highly rated members of the team. Uh, I have him as a sleeper. I do too. Okay, that's good. How about that? I didn't think you'd have him as a sleeper. I thought you were going to dog on him a little bit. I wanted to. Like, Mm -hmm. I stared at him a long time trying to think of how his value compared to a lot of other people. And coming off of the year he had last year at the age of 28, where you'd expect to be more stable, he had 253 batting average, 11 home runs, 39 RBI, and 13 stolen bases. So last season, that's a extremely pedestrian sort of right season but the main thing is if you look closer into his statistics because his career averages aren't much different than what he really put up last season but in 2016 2017 before this last season those were much better seasons yeah so for me when his last two full seasons were in 2016 2017 28 home runs 94 rbi 28 stolen bases is an incredible year 30 home runs 74 rbi and 20 stolen bases is also a very very good year yeah so if you can get a guy with that sort of ceiling at 100 or on MLB.com 121, I think that you're going to be feeling very, very good about that draft pick, even with the risk. Yeah. And I even called him a sleeper with him where I saw him going around 90. Just because last year, I mean, his counting stats were just limited due to all of his injuries. He still batted you know, 253. But that's, like you said, around his average. And I think mm-hmm. this year, you now he's batting fourth projected. Behind Hosmer, behind Machado, I think easily we can see him hitting over 20 homers again because he's hit 30 and 28 in the has in Petco. So it, sure. the same, it doesn't matter him being in San Diego. Stolen base definitely doesn't matter. I think he easily gets above 20 this year as long as he stays healthy. And I think his RBI total comes back up to around where it was in 2016, where he hit 94. So I think at least he gives you 80 RBIs this year too with those two guys in front of him. And I think he's going to be a steal. I could actually even see him batting 260 or a little bit above just in this inflated lineup now. Yeah, that's um, a valid point. It's really the biggest question for me is his health. And I think he's a steal back there. When any, a 2020 guy, that's top, you know, four rounds. Yeah, for really, sure. You're thinking about it. So, If you're looking at what his career, like, tops numbers would be, arguably Manny Machado. And this is his year 28. This is, he's, when they consider how long he's playing at 28, he's... 28 right now, so mm-hmm. you like it even more. 
Yeah, that's the big thing is that the age doesn't scare me away from maybe he gets back up to his career highs. He's right. at no me by no means at the point where you're w- waiting for that cliff to come out of no. nowhere. I, he could surpass all of his career highs this year. Yes, and if with that being even, I'm not expecting necessarily his career highs to be sh- smashed this year. No, but. If he gets up to them and just clips near that area, you're getting a guy that you should have had in the 50s or even 40s exactly. in this draft. Yeah, and because he's done it twice because out of the last two, three, two of the last three years. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely a good bet to do that, right? Or at least improve on his numbers last year significantly. Plus, he's third base outfield, so that's nice position eligibility too. Can't beat that. That's true. I, I love him, but I've always been a Will, Will Myers and Jonathan Villar fantasy wise. I just love them. And as you saw in my draft, I got them both on my team this year. Yes. As of right now. You're all in, baby. We'll see how it goes. And that's the way you got to be. Yeah. Pick your guy, stick with it. You got it. Um, but I will mention one more sleeper since we kind of agreed on that one. Uh, Chris Paddock. So he, you might be like, who? <laughs> he's 23 years old. He's a rookie. Um, he's rated right now on ESPN around 263, MLB.com about 225. So he's definitely a later draft guy. But according to MLB.com and their prospect ratings, they have him the 34th overall prospect, Baseball America 66, and minor league numbers uh, in AA, he had 1.91 ERA, .717 whip, and 8.8 Ks per nine. The big numbers that I'm looking for, although all of them are pretty solid, especially the whip, at .717 in AA, which I know is only AA, it's not AAA where you'd feel a little more comfortable about this, I think... That late on the draft, I don't know how he's going so far below a lot of those other prospects that mm-hmm. we have. He's definitely one of the middle tier to upper tier prospects. I think he's definitely worth a flyer. Petco Park should help him out as well with that, with being a bigger ballpark when he's learning. This is a guy that I'm definitely looking at later on in the drafts as one of my big targets. Cool. You never heard that out of me because he's a starting pitcher. Yes. But I agree <laughs> with you. And. So many random pitchers do so well in San Diego because mm-hmm. it's just such a great park to pitch in. Remember Kashner when everyone was like, oh, that guy might be a really good, and he goes around with like a 70 ERA the rest of his career? Yeah, like anybody. They all have these bloated names for like the rest <laughs> of their career, but outside of the Petco, it's like not much. Like Tyson Ross is another one I'm just thinking of. And yes. It's just, yeah, good for them. I mean, of course they're excellent because they made it to the pros, but mm-hmm. they also winded up on a good team that got them a good contract because it's great to pitch there. But Absolutely. he's actually got a good lineup pitching around him, too, to make him feel even more comfortable. So, I don't know much about him. But, heck, I don't have any real creepers on this team. So, I'll just throw out another sleeper, too. And this, everybody's talking about Eloy Jimenez and Alberto Mondesi and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Victor Robles and all these, you know, big hype names. But the hype name that's getting skipped on, if you've been following the pipeline, and I'm, you mentioned one of their people, but... Fernando Tatis Jr., another uh, pro's son. He is just a five-category guy for sure. And Manny Machado agreed when he signed the team that he would continue playing third, although he prefers shortstop, just to keep the spot clear uh, for him to play shortstop for the San Diego Padre team. And I think they're going to try to compete this year. So I think you see him up sometime in May. Nobody's talking about him. You can literally get this guy in like the last round of your draft. And he's going to come up at the same time Eloy does and all these other people. And if you're like me, I love these names because they do so excellent until they get all the scouting reports. And you're going to get a month of him raking, and then you can trade him for a top 60 guy because his hype train. So he is my favorite uh, multiple category prospect because 
I don't have to pay much to get them, and I can let them ride on my roster. So, those are my favorites as well. Just a lot to like in San Diego, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. Um, the only guy I have that I'm not real high on, so my one creeper is Kirby Yates, but it's not necessarily because his last season was bad by any means. It's more or less just that I think I like some other closers a little better. Um, so I'm not necessarily going all in on saying don't draft him. I just think I would draft him a little later, like maybe 120 after this last tier of people go in the draft. Yeah. Um, I really like that 100 region for a lot of these other people that you get that either are a, a little a little old but reliable or high prospect hype going along with them. I'd rather take a risk on some of those other guys and wait just a few more rounds on them. But last season he had a 2.14 ERA, 12 saves, and a 12.86 Ks per nine. 0.92 whip. There's oh, sorry about that. There's uh, no way that I think he c- can repeat those with the confidence that that, that draft position would really talk about. Um, basically, his career ERA is 4.02, walk test printing 1.19, and 12.05 Ks per nine. So he's going to guarantee you that high K rate, and that's what's really appealing about him as a closer here on this improving team. But at the age of 31, I don't really expect a ton of improvement from last year, and so I think. You're hoping that he repeats that, but his floor is going to be around probably what his career average is, around 4.02. I don't expect much worse than that. But his walks and hits per inning regression is significant, I think, this year as well. So I don't think he's going to be bad by any means. Gives the high K rate, good guy to have on on this team that's improving. But I would say 120, 130 is where I like to see him taking a little bit more a couple rounds later. Yeah, I don't... I mean... As a guy that loves closers and watches bullpens and everything, I'm not going to be upset at all if he ends up on a, a, a team of mine. I think he's a little bit high on the closer scale, but what's nice about him is it looks like his job's going to be safe all year. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think the ERA, I think you're getting, people are drafting him mainly because of his saves and just his reliability for this year. Um, I don't think anybody, I, don't, I doubt they're even looking at him for his higher strikeout rate. I just think it's his position that lineup and him most likely being not one of the people to be traded but I mean San Diego dishes relievers out all the time if they're not in contention but honestly in this division I think they have a chance to be in contention this year it depends on how good their starting rotation pitches I think I agree with that that's true so so yeah I agree Yates may be a little bit higher up on the closer board but there's other people that we'll talk about yeah like, if you're taking him instead of one of the older guys because you need a really Like, I like him way more than Wade Davis, mm-hmm. but I like Raziel Iglesias way more than both of them I when, I, when I study bullpens. So, and if you're saying that, oh, that's just because you're Reds fan, there's other closers I like more than them that are ranked behind them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Iglesias is in for a great year. Yeah, that's the first time, maybe in his whole career as a closer, that he's going to have a team that should win enough games to make his save rate noticeable yeah. as well and I think he's got pretty much secured closer duties as well which is yeah nice. and everybody's worried like well David Bell said he's going to come in and use him he'll use him in high leverage situations yeah maybe maybe in the eighth inning when it's a high leverage situation he'll pitch him two innings but if you've been watching the Reds there's no way that this guy isn't closing out games for us this I, year I would be blown away because I mean I like Jared Hughes a lot yeah as an example but there's no way I'd feel comfortable being like close this game out yeah. after the fireman came yeah. on two innings earlier or something. That just, eh. and, and, but I do, side tangent, I, I like David Bell saying all that stuff because just saying he's, he's pretty much saying, 
I'm going to be a new type of manager for the Reds that I'll be open to anything that helps us win instead of just set in the entrenched ways or be like, uh, what was that last guy's name? Price. Uh, uh, Brian Price, yeah, 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 yeah. With his tirades of interviews, dropping the F-bomb and everything. <laughs> I don't know where you... What happened to him, man? I thought he was the most mild-mannered dude in 80% of everything I ever saw. And all of a sudden, he's just losing his mind every yeah. two games. I don't know. But it was hard to watch. If we're, I'm going to continue this change only a little bit more. But yeah. I just it was hard to watch seeing him play Iglesias only like... Once every five days when we have a chance to win only. Yeah. When we were in games with our horrible bullpen and our bullpen's gassed. Everybody has been used constantly. It was, no hard to believe that he was a, it was hard to believe he was a pitching coach at one point. It's awful to watch because every starting pitcher bombed that was a prospect. He didn't get one guy out of the groove of it. And then I guess the bullpen was, I mean, fine. It was last year. Like, not bad last yeah. year. But throughout his whole stint, none of the pit, he had the historic worst pitching staff like ever. Oh, like well. From an ER standpoint, we're we're, we're we're on the. I'd love to talk about the Reds, <laughs> Reds podcast. That should be our baseball podcast, but <laughs> maybe someday. Yeah, I agree. Anywho, I also just had a burp. So, anyways, <laughs> anywho, uh, if we're done with the Padres, who do you we're want done. to go to next? I don't care. We can talk about the team. I wish he would have went to to give some fantasy intrigue with the San Francisco Giants. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's get, get them out, out of the way. way. <laughs> hey, I think we're going to be on the same page. This team, I feel like, should be in our worst of the worst division. It, I, They're not Miami. With as good as their coach, you know, a manager is, I hate to say it, but they should be there. They're close to Miami. I can't say they're Miami, but they are... They have a lot of people's names that you'd like to think are good, but when you look at them... Their draft position is beginning They're to reflect... They're good, like, last decade. Yes. If you were talking seven years ago, this team is bomb. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of them lying in. Do you have any sleepers? They're like? so bad that my keeper for this team... <laughs> okay, let's do that. ...is Madison Bumgarner. And I don't draft starting pitchers. I just think, sure, why not? He's 29 going around 120. <laughs> Give him a go. If you... Sure. I, there's no hitter I want on this team. I absolutely agree with that, hundred percent. Like you look at their whole roster, their outfield. Bleh, like a lot of their younger guys that you'd like to have. Like, oh, is there any intrigue with them? They have not shown one ounce of interest because they're not getting any of the power stats. They yeah. don't have batting average and they don't have stolen bases that they've shown. I, they're just that's a horrible lineup. So I'm not drafting him. So I'm saying Madison Bumgarner. He seems safe at that pick, and that's coming from somebody that is very nonchalant about starting pitching. So. Yeah, I that is all I came to the conclusion of is I think Madison Bumgarner at where he's rated, I'm feeling pretty good about. He's him. 29. He could bounce back like crazy. Yeah, I know. He, and even last year, it was like three two six ERA, one point one walks and hits per inning, seven point five seven Ks per nine. I mean, His yeah, run support is going to be in the dumps. Yeah, that doesn't help. But if he jumps right back to career averages, I mean, you're seeing a little ERA dip, a little bit of increase on strikeouts, but. I have no idea what his velocity is doing. It could be dropping like crazy, and I'm saying he's a keeper, but who knows? I mean, it is At 29, I doubt his velocities are dropping that hard. Could yeah. be. I could be wrong. I mean, his his number of innings pitched over the last five years has been very notable. Right. But he was an Ironman before that. I mean, he was getting stronger in the playoffs sometimes. Like, I, I think I'm okay with 104 going after If him. he stays off his dirt bike, he's fine. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> would agree. 
<laughs> what else we got? Huh? Uh, from keepers, probably no one else. I'm like, that would be a nice guy to have. Um, I kind of have a sleeper, I guess. Okay, who is it? Uh, it's not a hitter. I'll give you a hint there as yeah, well. I have no hitters on my paper. Uh, Will Smith. Um, I see him going about 183 on ESPN. 29 year old reliever. 255 ERA, 14 saves last season, 0.98 walk sense per inning, 12.06 Ks per nine. Those numbers just look very similar to me to Kirby Yates, just a tiny bit worse ERA. But, I mean, this isn't a great team for wins, so that might be just the difference between where they're rated on a lot of these listings. But to some degree, I, I'd kind of trust him. Yeah. See, this is where we differ in... And, and I know you know your your stats and everything, but I study those bullpens like crazy. Yeah, this is your wheelhouse more than anything. And I see a team that's not going to compete, and he's a left-handed pitcher, by far the best reliever on that team. But a free agent after this year, he's gone at the trade deadline or before it. And that's where I say, like, yeah, I like Kirby Yates more than him because I think Kirby Yates can keep that job all season long. And... I think Will Smith is gone. Left-handed relievers on a losing team, free agent after this year, getting paid four point two million this year too. He'll be get. He'll probably be going. If I was a betting man, I would say eighty percent chance he's out of San Francisco this season. Eighty percent. And with I that being said, right, with that being said too, they have Mark Melanson that has like the nicest relieving, you know, um, contract in all of baseball. Two years left on it, getting paid fourteen millions for the next two years. He's not going anywhere. He's, he is in San Francisco. Period. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, for sure. And like, and he's saying he's healthy right now. And as long as he pitches okay, I think he's going to be the closer for the next two years. Maybe he doesn't start out. Maybe Will Smith starts this year out as closer because Mark Lance is still kind of recuperating, rehabbing from his uh, horrible season of injuries last year. Um, and Will Smith gets a job outright. If that's the case, then draft him. Hopefully you can wait a little bit, draft them, get some saves, get some good stats that you're talking about, all those beautiful stats, and then dish them out. Because closers are so good to trade, but they're so replaceable on your roster. Yeah. But I think Mark Melanson is a true sleeper on this team because he's going undrafted. And San Francisco is stuck with him. And he'll probably be closing by the end of the season if he stays healthy. That's a good point. The Melanson angle is not something I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. Because, <laughs> like you said, I don't think the Giants have a lot going for them. No. When it comes to competing. I mean... It's rebuild time. When I'm looking at, like, who's the depth guy that they might have that might be something... It's Pablo Sandoval. Like, that was the guy that I looked at on this whole roster where I was looking for some hitter with any glimpse of hope. He's not even pe- penciled in to start because of their roster that they have. But, I mean, he at least has had some success. So maybe he plays a little bit of first or something with Brandon Belt. But Brandon Belt's been, like, their first baseman for a while. It's it's not it's fun. A, yeah. I don't know. Like, this whole team, like you said, seven years ago. Special. Evan Longoria, just all those people. But mm-hmm. but right now, it's just like, ah. You wish that Harper or Manny Machado would have went to them so they had something. for As a fantasy fan, you wish they would have went to them because it's just... I think they look horrible. What do I know? Yeah. You got any creepers or just like the whole team? Oh, my creeper is Will Smith, just Will because Smith? of oh, the trade. I see. But nothing. I think your stats and everything are ironed out, and I think where he's being rated at, everybody's thinking, "Yeah, this guy's going to get the job," and yeah, he's going to be a closer all season long. 
But left-handed closers on a free agent deal on a bad team, they gone. Yeah. And to be fair, for full disclosure on it, I think you'll see a K-rate drop this year based on last year because the career average is 10.37. Uh, it was at 12.06. That's a pretty well over average sort of number there. But that also reflects it, is reflected in his ERA and his walk and hits per inning. So he did overachieve last year as well. Um, I like him. 183s. Maybe a little low for me, but I think I agree there. I agree. I, I agree. I'll draft him around one fifty, one sixty. Yeah, but you, your point with Melanson is a very good point to put. But I'm de- I if I draft it. Will Smith, I'm for sure owning Melanson as the nice handcuff for the situation once yeah. it turns. That's a good point. So, and then hey, maybe you get lucky and Will Smith gets traded to a perfect situation like the Red Sox, and he keeps closing there. And that could be it, but it's a roll of the dice. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Because they're going to want to take best offer available, and usually it's people that have bullpen injuries or something and yeah. want to sure it up in the middle of the relief section yeah. of good teams. Because bad teams don't trade for relievers, and so <laughs> no. you're going to be going to a good team, but usually good teams already have a reliever in place, yeah. usually. Yeah, that's all. I just want to get San Francisco away, mainly, because that's, I'll only that's throw, so sad. It is so sad, and I'm just going to bu- buzz through this little, real quick. My creeper is Buster Posey, but you could argue probably everyone on the offense. I'm not interested in many people. Buster Posey's rated 163 on ESPN, 114 on MLB, and it's such a weak catcher class that you'd think, wow, right. maybe a good value there at 160, but 285 or 284 last season with five home runs, is that's it? 41 RBIs and three stolen bases, which is, hey, bonus, but I don't think you want to expect that going forward at the age of 31 right. at catcher. His career is 3.06. I, I get that. 13 home runs on average per season, and he's had way higher seasons than that. But the aged catcher wearing on the yeah. offensive numbers, yeah. decreasing power, batting average, all-time lows last year is not encouraging for me. Especially because there's people later on in the draft that you can get that will give you something, if not exactly what he's going to give you. Arguably, a, a, maybe a, an interesting counterpoint, I wouldn't be surprised at all if a guy like Tucker Barnhart would have a similar year to Buster Posey this yeah. year. Just because both will probably have high batting averages, both will have low power, and Barnhart's upgraded lineup around him might be enough to make up the RBI difference between sure. what Buster Posey might get. And I mean, you're going to pay negative price for Tucker Barnhart in comparison to Buster Posey. So my point's more just replacement-level catchers, I think, are going to be way better value. Right, versus with him still getting drafted. Decently early. Like MLB.com has him 114. Yeah. That's far too high based on the regression I saw last season. Yep. I'm done. I'm fine with that. But if he was my catcher going into the season and I got him in round 19, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, it'd be. I don't even know if I. I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't be dancing circles around the table Uh after I drafted him, but I mean, I'd be feeling good about it. I I think we all just like Buster Posey. I think he's a solid baseball player, you know. Who doesn't? I mean, he's had a great career. I mean, if he improves on his batting average from last year since his career is 306, I I could see that easy. Maybe he hits 300 again. Is there really a point, though, if he's not going to give you counting stat? And you're drafting him that high above all the replacement catchers that are going like probably 250? That could potentially give you 10 homers. Or more. Like Jorge Alfaro or something like that. Yeah. I'd rather take a fluke, random chance on some guy that gets hot for a month and hits 10 home runs, and you get him out after the third home run of the month, and that's your guy for a month, and he will outproduce the home run totals Buster Posey for the whole year if you play him, right? Something. Oh. Um, Cool. Anywho, next stop. Them Giants. (laughs) I don't care. Who do you want to talk about? 
How about next stop, the Dodgers? Cool. Are these, spice. I just thought about this. Is all three of these teams in California? Did we do that? Where's San Diego at? Yeah, that's California. San Diego, okay. Los Angeles, and... Uh, I'm telling you, once you work in healthcare or geography, I'm sure to some <laughs> people, they keep it and they understand yeah, San it. San Francisco. But yeah, that is all I don't in California. Care. Cool. And Oakland isn't... Oakland is also California, yeah. There's that many teams in California, plus the Angels? Yep. Wow. Nuts, right? Wow. That's a lot. I wonder why California's not known as the baseball city. After that, yeah, I guess because it's a state. <laughs> Good point. Touche. Touche. Well played. Let's talk about Poor the Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers. Yes, let's get back into the Dodgers. I did not know they had that many baseball teams. I wonder if there's another one we're not even thinking of. I don't know. I, don't I would have to look, but that's five, right? There, there. can't be more than that. Yeah. Like, that's so many. That is so saturated. I almost feel bad with Ohio having two, but like now I don't. Yeah. <laughs> with California having so many, why not? Huh. Why not just give Tennessee one? I've never tabulated, like thought about that. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Los Angeles. I can't believe they're in the World Series last year. Looking at this team, it is really odd. I mean, when you look at the people that were on it, they did a lot of old player rentals, sort of, and they kind of. I don't know. It's kind of amazing they put together the offensive season they had. They literally I mean, made the worst trade I've ever seen over this all season. Objectively looking <laughs> at the Reds. Because they traded for Homer Bailey. Oh, that is very true. I was wondering what you were talking about for that. That is literally the worst trade I have ever seen from their end. Yep. And they didn't even save that much money at all. No. They cut some cap space, failed to get Harper, and they brought in A.J. Pollock. Who I would have taken Puig over and, and gave him an extension over... Any day. I, I've never seen something that bad. Uh, but I have never been so much thankful because, not objectively, I am a huge Reds fan. Yes. And we traded Homer Bailey. Someone who, wanted... Yeah. Someone took him off our hands. Yeah, I know they didn't want him. I know it was all cap space moves. For sure. That was sure, the best sure. cap space move you could do. You gave us $8 million on top of taking <laughs> yeah, his contract. I would have paid you guys $8 million <laughs> to take Homer Bailey plus getting all these players that have inherent Major League value. I understand, yeah, contracts, I mean, they are expensive for a lot of those players we took, for the most part, but Homer Bailey is literally dead money. Yeah. He's a guy that shouldn't even be in the AAA. Yeah, now he's with Billy Hamilton in Kansas City. Like Someone else signed him? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he got signed with Kansas City. Unbelievable. Okay. For a lot less than what we were paying him, which is, I guess, probably the main thing there. Yeah. But, my goodness, we get to get Kemp, to get Puig, Alex Wood... And Kemp is even... I don't even expect that much from him. If they no. just did a one-for-one one trade Kemp for Bailey, I'd be like, like, well, that was a good trade for us. Thumbs up. We get yeah. someone that can help us? I don't know what the money situation looks like there. I know we took... I know they made money by getting rid of all three of those big contracts that they gave us, but... But, yeah. So, the Dodgers did that. Got rid of, I think, the best outfielder. I think he's a better outfielder than all their outfielders right now. You might be right, <laughs> surprisingly. I mean, some of them might have an upside. Like, AJ Pollock's uh, good, yeah. but his season's about over. Begin the countdown. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, has about 50 games. April, like, 10th or something like that. It seems like he gets about, like, a hundred, like, I don't know, 
He gets good to where everybody in Venice, he talked about him for a second, and then, like, they all talk about him, and he gets hurt. And I hate that for him. I wish he would stay healthy. Because he really would be pretty good, I think. Yeah. Even at 31, I might be willing to buy, because just the way he's been able to overcome so many injuries and stay relevant. But I just can't see it. There's no way. All right, let's actually talk about him. Then uh, Keeper, I'll go ahead and start us off. Go for it. I'm going Max Muncy. I think his power numbers are actually pretty legit, uh, especially with how much he hits this ball in the air. Pretty good stats that when he makes contact, it's in the air. And you like to see that for a power hitter guy. Last year, 35 homers, 79 RBIs, and batted 263. And I know he's got some wrist issues right now, but nothing sounds too severe. I think he's going to be ready for opening day. And unless something more comes of that and actually thinks that he won't get power in his swing, I think he's a lock-in this year. Sadly, about 260 average. I think that's pretty pretty mm-hmm. correct. Maybe a smidgen under. Um, but I think he at least gets you 30 homers and 90 RBIs. But for a guy that has first base, second base, third base eligibility, sign me up. I, I, I think he's legit enough to take, especially since he's 28 years old and going around 125. He's behind Buster Posey. He's behind Cano. He's behind all these guys that are just... In both of my lists, I have him at 161 and 160. Wow. So so he's even worse than that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's more ESPN-based, right? ESPN and MLB.com, so, respectively. Yeah. I, I think that's great. I think that's much better than I'll just say it. A creeper is Justin Turner. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> like around 60 to 70? Well, I don't know where he's on in your list. Uh, I got him at 82 at ESPN, 68 on MLB.com. Yeah, so why? He's 34 years old, and last year he batted 14 homers, 52 RBIs, and he hit 312. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like the buster posy of whatever he's eligible for. What is that, like third base? Yeah, I think third base. Maybe outfield as well, but like both are pretty... Strong positions. Why draft him that early? There are so many good players behind him. Sixty-eight is what I have him up to on. That's why I said I I said around seventy. He's definitely on my creeper list. Like the amount of confidence I have in him not being worth that draft position, based on his like zero stolen base ability, his less than twenty home runs is what you'd expect, and three twelve batting average is probably his ceiling at this point in Mm -hmm. his career. Yeah, I got nothing. Well, we agree on that. I'll let you have the floor for a minute. Okay. Uh, I'll just echo you with Max Muncy. I just have him as a sleeper versus a keeper. Um, Both my lists had him at 160. Right, I agree with you there. If you have him at uh, 120 or something like that, great. That would be perfect Yeah. if you can get him right around there. A little earlier even wouldn't even be too bad for me. Sure, when you look at people are going around 100, yeah. And so I think you're right on everything you said. I think his batting average drops a little bit. Um, based on his career averages being a little lower, but it was his first full season last yeah. year. He hit 260. I think it's safe to assume within 10 batting average points, one way or the other, he either hits between 273, 253, something like that. Huge power numbers last year. Maybe a little regression. I mean, uh, maybe, but I don't think it'd be unreasonable to assume that think he, he hits 30, 30 again. On a full year, I think he hits 30. And then he, if you think about that, that's probably like eight or seven less than Joey Gallo. And yes. he doesn't, and Max Muncy's not going to kill your batting average. I am so glad you made that analogy because right. there's so many people that you look at versus in this draft that have much worse surrounding statistics that hurt you to get that sort of power. Yeah. And based on his age, I think he could easily repeat. And even if he doesn't, I don't know if he would ever be under 25 home runs. Yeah. And even if he hits 25 at where you're getting him around like 120, I think that's could a great worse. player to have. But he's got second base eligibility. So, sure. Bingo. So, love him. I yeah. agree. Um 
my keeper I, ha I have two I couldn't really decide but I think the one I like more is probably Cody Bellinger um, ESPN has him at 38 41 on MLB.com age 23 he's a little young so outside of the prime we, we've kind of talked about it earlier there's a chance he's that there's a little bit of volatility he'll be streaky there. for sure but man, 25 home runs last year hit 260 76 rbi 14 stolen bases career 263 32 home runs per year uh 86 rbi 12 stolen bases the fact that he's giving you some stolen bases in the double digits mm -hmm. with that much power and not a bad batting average overall for his career and last season there's nothing I don't like. The fact that it was a down year last year with 25 home runs, who doggy? I think 38, I'd be very happy getting him on my team because I think there's even upside to improve based on his age at 23. So I don't see a large increase in probably his stats, but maybe he gets uh, 17 home runs and hits 35 home runs and you got yourself a really nice guy that could be closer to a first round pick than he is to a fifth round pick, which is kind of close to where he's at. So I like him. Yeah, he's got good upside. I just think he's got some more maturing to do. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the year he puts it all together and is super worth it. Yeah, I'd like to see 25, like one more season to really average out his stats a little bit. Yeah. But this could be a breakout year, and I'm willing to take that risk in the third round. They need it because I don't, I don't really think this is that potent of a Dodgers offense with what I think is one of their worst starting pitching stats, maybe because of Kershaw's decline. Yeah. But, uh, okay, I'll take it back. I'm going to throw out, you know, the guy I like, actually, in that outfield is Jock Peterson this year. I didn't even write anything down about him, but he's another sleeper. I think he's he's a good source of power as well. But my other sleeper is Chris Taylor, and I was all about him. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was last year, maybe Nah, I think I drafted him last year, and I was a little bit disappointed. I thought he was going to be a very good shortstop. He's got second-base shortstop outfield eligibility. And that's right, because in 2017, he had 20 home, 21 homers, 72 RBIs, uh, 17 stolen bases, and batted 288. And I think that is the real Chris Taylor. I know last year he only knocked out 17 homers, 63 RBI. Those, not too far off. Nine stolen bases, not too far off. It was mainly because of insane strikeouts last year, and he batted 254. Um I just think that was an aberration. I think everybody can have an offseason. I think that was it for him. I think really Chris Taylor is more around 2017. And I know they're kind of talking about, is he going to be in a platoon? I don't think so. I think he'll end up having second base to himself. And every year he gets you over 80 runs. So with all the eligibility, he is a perfect bench bat, especially since he's pretty much going undrafted to 20-plus rounds. And I, mm -hmm. I think he's going to give you dividends on that based on – why would you draft Justin Turner when you could draft, I don't know. Anyone else. Like, Chris Taylor looks way better, and I'm just looking. Even last year's stats are almost arguably better. I know Period. the huge drop-off in average, but. I mean, if you're trying to absolutely kill batting average, great. Take him still three rounds later. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that. Baseball playing for batting average is goofy. It seems very difficult for to, it. to win. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know the runs scored usually come with that, which, I mean, if you're trying to target those two stats, that's, I mean, that's a good way to start. Get on base to score runs, great. But you could arguably put up similar numbers with home runs just because you instantly score every time you hit a couple of home runs. It's just the way baseball works, though. You could draft, oh, I'm going to draft the batting average team and then let the accounting stats fall into place. But then you get into playoffs or whatever, and it you can get week to week. It's just like batting average can be done so streakily. Yeah, for sure. You could bet like... 
420 one, one week in fantasy baseball because all these guys are 300 hitters. But then the next week, streakiness happens, and, oh, my team's batting 255. I lost that category. Probably don't have the best counting stats. And mm-hmm. and you don't have the best counting stats if you're wasting mid-around picks on Justin Turner. I agree. I think the only way if you go for a high batting average team is if you go for a stolen base leadoff sort of style because if you can get stolen bases which is another counting stat involved mm-hmm. which usually comes with those guys that have low power maybe i guess but yeah. and a lot of stolen base guys are cheaper to get i guess <laughs> but for the most part then you're sacrificing rbi and home run totals with that and if you have a slugging percentage category which i know some leagues do it's to just sack three of those mm-hmm. hurts so much especially when you're talking about inconsistent things with the batting average right which i agree with so, I don't know. But, yeah, I like Max Muncy, Chris Taylor. I like Jack Peterson where they're at. The higher guys, I'm a little bit more iffy on. I feel a little bit of risk. They could also have great breakout years, like you're saying. But I like playing it safe with the Dodgers this year. And that's not drafting 34-year-olds and <laughs> taking flyers on their uh, younger talent. So Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think they got a lot of interesting young players. But I would avoid their older players that have a lot of inherent risk to me. Right. Um, I think like the the other sleeper I kind of like on this team is Corey Seager at 24. Um, he's rated at 67 or 50, depending on the list you're looking at for me, ESPN, MLB, respectively. He had a no season, basically, yeah. <laughs> because of the injury. Uh, he had two home runs, 13 RBI, 267 batting average, but like didn't play. Right. Like, almost immediately got hurt. But his career is 302 batter. I mean, in his first two full seasons, he was hitting 26 and 22 home runs. A 295 and 308 batting average, and then 72, 77 RBI. If I didn't say, I think that. two years from now so, we could be talking about him and saying he's the best shortstop in fantasy baseball. This year, I, I have no idea what we're going to get from him. The, but the I think he's scary. Yeah, I, I just don't know where where he'll be this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's definitely worth it. I agree with you, but. I think two years from now he's going to be ranked as one of the top guys. I don't know what season makes him get ranked that high. But I think he's going to be there in a couple of years. Yeah. I, maybe it's just me being a little ambitious, but I look at him like at 67 to 50 versus Trey Turner being at like 13 or in some drafts or like 15 or wherever he's at. Yeah. I don't see a ton of difference. He won't give like, you – no, he won't give you the stolen bases, though, that Trey Turner gives you. You're right. You're right there. And, and I think Trey Turner should have a little bit better batting average. I'm not certain. But I, here's my counter-argument. Look at what Corey Sager could give you, and then look what Jonathan Shoup could give you in, you know, the 16th round. Yeah. Now that's kind of interesting because they're more. Shoup is wildly under, criminally underrated. Right. I don't know. I, I just see 24 with pot- potential yeah, upside. I'm not disagreeing with you. At least 20 home runs, but you're right with the injury. It has hurt his stock, and being rated at 67 is. Not the worst rating ever. If you're getting him around there, I think you could take him even a little earlier mm-hmm. and not regret it too bad mm-hmm. if you're in the sixth or seventh round after that. I'm willing to risk that. Yeah, I wouldn't call it, say, but I didn't say you did anything bad there at all. I'm just. It's good to get that counter argument out there because there are yeah. good middle infield prospects, maybe better than I've seen in many years in fantasy baseball. I mean, when you're bringing up Corey Sager, my first counter argument is I'm taking Jonathan Viara around later and he's going to beat him in every counting stat. There is, and average is going to be close. I like VR a lot, too. I mean, he looks so good to me right now, but that's me. Yeah. 
But I'm not disagreeing. And I'll throw in one more creeper just let's for just for kicks. Tossing it. Clayton Kershaw. I'm worried about the injuries with the unknown here, and some of these lists have him a little high. I see a lot of people, I, or I, I don't see a lot of people, I know a lot of people in their drafts are going to draft him because they see the name. Mm-hmm. Be careful about the injury that he has right now with his shoulder. It's hard to know what that's going to be. Maybe he'll be ready in like a week after opening day. Maybe it's halfway through the season. Yeah, I know these sorts of things are a little hard to track, but when people are taking him at 76 in ESPN or 48 in MLB.com. Yeah, 48 is way too high. But I wonder if those numbers are still skewed a little bit before the injury reports. Probably before the injury reports. And so I would completely agree with that. His numbers are without question amazing when he's yeah. in the game. His K rates are very solid. 8 to 9 is what you should expect. He's closer to 10 for a career average. Uh, sub 3 ERA, sub 1 1 walks and hits per inning. Love him. But until I see him healthy, I, I'm looking much closer to him being drafted around the 100 mark, where a lot of those injury... I would halfway be tempted to try to field starting pitchers if I could get him and Bumgarner 120 or later. It would make it very interesting. Because that's so high risk, high reward. If they both pay out, then all of a sudden, starting pitching stats might as well try to win, too. Yeah. But... I, I like him. Uh, if you can get him that late. But from what I'm... What my main point is... Just don't do it too early. I know his name is so juicy. I agree. But I think there's a lot of risk there as well, just so everyone's involved. He shouldn't be in the top 100 now. Yeah, I think if you can get him 120, bam, jump, (laughs) for sure. Like 110, I'm starting to look at him. 100, I'm like eyeballing him and seeing Mm -hmm. who's around him, who's gone, who's being reached for. Then maybe. That's all. Let's do Arizona. They're kind of boring, too. Arizona. I'm, I'm down. You want to start with Creepers? Sure, Creeper. I don't think we start with Creepers um, yet today. Just to make sure people don't think, with me saying that about Kershaw, with me saying that about Bumgarner, I think I'm converting to a starting pitching type guy. My Creeper is that Grinky because he's 35 years old, and he is going around 70 as well with Justin Turner. Yep. So Couldn't agree more. I have him also as a Creeper. I, it's just too high for a guy that old. I know his career numbers are very good, and his last year was very respectable as well. But you're also not getting the incredible K rate that you'd, you'd like to see from that. And you've seen recently that he had a 4.30 ERA a couple years ago. If that's his possibility of being somewhere in between that 3.3 he went last year and a 4.3. Especially on this team with way less offensive potential. With no Pollock, with no Goldschmidt. It hurts. Pollock paid like 20 games, but Yeah. I say wait much later. I like him around the same 100 mark. If you can get him around there, great. Sure. Then I'm definitely may try to do a starting pitch. <laughs> get Grinky, Bumgarner, and Kershaw at 120. That, like, that's right where I want to see these yeah. older pitchers that have really good history. Yeah. I, I, I'm just a little scared, is <laughs> all. Right. Cool. What else you got? Um, I got a sleeper named Robbie Ray. Okay. He's rated 136 on ESPN, 63 at MLB.com, so wildly different ratings there. But it's more or less like if you're looking at ESPN, I just want to confirm that I think I would call him a sleeper. 63 is high, but I think 136 is really low. So I'm seeing him around 80, and I'm feeling pretty good. Um, age 27, 393 ERA, 1.35 walks and hits per inning, 12.01 Ks per nine. His ERA is a little high and his walk hits are a little high, but that K rate is so appealing to me. Mm-hmm. 
um, with a guy that you're getting around these middle rounds. He, with Based on his age, he could really get it together. His career average is 4.04, 1.35 walks nets per inning. So walks just seem to be his biggest problem more than anything else. So I just have a really great feeling about a breakout year from Mr. Robbie Ray based on his stuff being so good. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll say a pitcher then, sleeping, sleeping on Archie Bradley. And it's kind of interesting because I'm not 100% sold. I think he could be a good closer that's get back there behind Kirby Yates. And if he gets the job out of spring training, then then go for it. I just got my eye on him as a sleeper because he could, he could easily be a top 15 reliever this year. Um, he's got the stuff too. And last year his stats look a little bit bad because of just fatigue in the second half of the season. He just didn't have it because the way... Arizona is handling his workload, but the interesting thing is how bad he has been at closing. He has four <laughs> saves to 14 blown saves. Ooh, doggy. That's horrible. But at the same time, like I said, a lot of that came from that horrible second half. But if he gets a starting job, I think he could be a great closer. He's been a very highly tied right. prospect back in the day. But the thing to keep interesting is if Greg Holland comes out of this camp, I mean, this is something to follow all the way until opening day, the real opening day. And if Greg Holland steals this position, then he becomes a sleeper because he's going undrafted. So he's a mega sleeper. So just follow the, the closing situation here. And uh, Archie, Bradley, it, it, Archie Bradley is my favorite to close. I think he will close. So he's a sleeper going around 160 to 170. But at the same time... I probably wouldn't draft him because there's other closers I like out there. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that have, I think, more potential. Or maybe not more potential, but more security, yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah. So, But I think I agree with you. I like Archie Bradley with where he's at. Okay. Um, also, I just mentioned Jake Lamb, uh, age 28. He, I think he's fairly appealing. He's going around 227 in most drafts. Actually, both ESPN and MLB in the same spot. But uh, two twenty-two batting average last year, six home runs, 31 RBI, one stolen base. You're probably telling me that sounds horrible. And to some degree, I agree with you. But it was only 207 at-bats, so he mm-hmm. was pretty injured last season. Uh, but his career average is not good from a batting average standpoint at two forty-seven. Um, but he is averaging about 54 RBI. He just had such promising years in 2016 and 2017 with 29 home runs and 91 RBI and 30 home runs and 105 RBI. The RBI totals will suffer with the loss of the offensive weapons, I think, that we saw, mm-hmm. namely Pollock and Goldschmidt being gone. But I think with him going around 227 and his age being around those prime years, I think you you should expect at least 20-plus home runs if he yeah. puts in a full, healthy season. And at that point in the draft, I'm pretty interested in giving it a shot. Because if he has 30 upside with about 80 RBI upside this year, I think he's worth it. I agree with you, too. He's also a sleeper, sleeper for me, too. And like I said, Archie Bradley, because he has the potential to be a top 15 reliever. Jake Lamb, because somebody has to step up for the big void that's left in this Arizona offense. And um, he had that horrible shoulder injury. I mean, I wouldn't say it's horrible like we saw something horrible happen, but horrible in how much it took away from his power, it took away from his extra base, his, extra base hits, uh, which he was a monster at. And he's just two years removed from 30 homers, 105 RBIs, and batted 248. Um, and this is a guy that is so cheap. You could take him where John's saying there at the end, 
you can draft him and maybe go straight into free agency. Mm-hmm. Or you could not draft him, he gets drafted by somebody else, and that's okay. You can put him on your watch list because he's going to hit free agency on a stream too. Because I think he probably starts the season like a platoonish type thing. Yeah. But I, I think he's got the potential to take over and maybe a month into the season start to put up some sneakily good numbers and become one of the better third basemen out there. Yeah. I agree. And so. I think he just has a slightly a much better batting average outlook than what Joey Gallo has. Oh, for sure. With, with similar power upside. Maybe not quite 40 home runs. He's still 28. And that's the best part. I'm not looking at a 30-year-old with All declining right. numbers or that the fact that you should see his power numbers drop. He has every opportunity to hit those if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And so he's definitely a guy I'm not taking super early, but late in the draft, I think he's a bargain. Yeah. For what he could be. For sure. If you're needing a third baseman back there at the end? Yeah. But let's talk about the always one of the best. Right, do you have anything else you want to say about Arizona? Sorry. Um, I just have a keeper. Okay. Um, but my oh, level of confidence <laughs> is not super high. So I think right around where we got him in MLB.com at 132 is where I'm looking to take this guy. Uh, outfield's pretty deep, typically, and that's kind of where a lot of my feelings come. David Peralta, though. Um, 293 batting average last season, 30 home runs, 87 RBI, four stolen bases. Great year. Fantastic. But with a 31-year-old and his career average is 14 home runs per season, eh, 30 home runs seems like a way overachievement for him. Right. Uh, all the lost people around him, 87 RBI seems hard to replicate there. Not a great stolen base threat. But he's a guy that could give you some power numbers for a high batting average. So if you can get him around that 130 mark, I like him as like a depth outfielder for you. But I just don't see 30 home runs happening. I think you're looking more like a, ce- a ceiling of 26 going forward now that he's hit the 30-year-old mark. That could affect some of his power a little bit. Yeah. Sure. I think he's fine. Sure. I'd keep him there. There's outfielders behind him I like a lot more, but there's outfielders in front of him I like a lot less. Why not? Now we can move on to just a giving ballpark, always producing great fantasy people. Yes. The always things voice. to talk about. I don't know why more people don't actually make it an, an actual goal to draft Rockies players. I mean, I'm glad the, the rankings are reflecting some of their better people and where they should be up mm-hmm. in the rankings. But if you're looking for a sleeper, I would never hesitate to take some the third outfielder for the Rockies, whatever his name right. is. Because sometimes you just never know. Right. Whenever you see Drew Stubbs from, as a throwback name for back in the day, you can see him even have some more elevated success out there in Colorado. So you don't even need to be a great outfielder if you just have a couple of tools to be a better outfielder there. It's true. That is true. you got to be a great pitcher to get it done there. Holy moly, you're correct. So, And that's why, just side note, sidebar, I never really like Wade Davis as a closer. I think he's safe. I think he's going to get you tons of saves. But if you're running an all-relief pitching team like I do, he, his measure of success is good even with an ERA above four, and that doesn't cut it on my all-bullpen team. So he's down there a few pegs on an all-bullpen team. Mm-hmm. Down there a few more pegs. Corey Kniebel now, I don't know... We haven't talked about it, but the last thing I read about Craig, Craig Grimble is that now the Brewers are starting to become a leading destination. Oh, my. That's interesting. I haven't yeah. read that yet. Yeah. That could really shake up that already super loaded bullpen if you... They probably would look to move it, somebody. Yeah, I think it makes... Yeah, I think it kind of fixes it. Because now you don't... You definitely don't... I don't see much appeal in Jeffress. No. Knievel, not much. No. Hater maintains his... I'm going to get you maybe some wins and... 
tons of strikeouts, and my ERA is going to be great, and it's going to lower it for your whole team. So he keeps his appeal, yeah. And you and you understand that, and then Grant Kimbrell would become the save guy for sure. So. It, that wouldn't be nice to knock out the other two guys that are just been more consistent when it comes to saves on that right. team. And then Hater, the dude that just has all the stuff in the world, can just keep doing his thing. Well, we'll see. I just prefer to see Kimbrell go back to Boston or Chicago, someplace that just got horrible closing situations on a good team. Not horrible, but less than favorable. Yeah. Especially when you're comparing him to the Yankees bullpen. For sure. But now yeah. everybody beware that Batansi's is shut down already with a shoulder impingement. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, my. Um, he thinks it's only going to be three to five days, but I don't. Shoulders, shoulders no. Yeah. No matter what position, no matter what sport, shoulders are just hard. Yeah. Especially because he was one of the highest drafted setup men, hold guy whatsoever. So, mm. just bullpen notes from around the league, I guess, right there. Yeah. Good little summary. But uh, I'm telling you, watch those bullpens. And once Closer Monkey starts going out there, you guys listen to us and then listen to Closer Monkey because they will keep you in line with the bullpens. They're great. So, anyways, Colorado, we haven't talked about a single player. I just keep... We talk about Wade Davis. Important information. Yes. Yeah. You've gotten into the relievers for the Rockies. You got it. Wade Davis. He's, a bit, he's fine if he got starting pitchers. Why not? Yeah. I, that's kind of my feeling on it, is that at least for my strategy for a lot of this, is I'll, I like the starting pitchers on my fantasy teams. And it allows you to take some of those closers that are mid-tier that'll give you a couple saves, which is all you really hope for. And then your high innings pitch will dilute some of their bad possible outings if they're inconsistent. The problem is a lot of those guys lose their job, so you're taking the low-end guys because they're low-end for a reason. Right. So, But most of the time, I don't target that category. I just try to get a few more than the people that load up on a lot of the starters. Sure. Then a few names if you're running a starting pitching team. People on my closer list that should be higher, Cody Allen and Wade Davis, because their ERAs are not good. They keep losing velocity. They keep losing other advanced stats. But they'll get you saves this year, and I doubt either of them lose their job. Anywho, those are good people to know. But you really want to stay away from them on a bullpen team. I'm a bullpen man. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There isn't. It's a little bit sketchy until the season starts rolling and you start seeing the wins come in. Before that, though, you're like, did I make a mistake? <laughs> Especially in the division you saw me draft because yeah. nobody used that technique. One guy still drafted starting pitchers, but he also took, like, you know. Six closers off the board. Six of the top tier closers. I'm like, what in the world? That that's he, <laughs> his lineup the life is with so bad. Measures. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't do it. It looks like he's trying to win the league on starting pitch on pitching stats, on and that's pitching just way too alone. Way too hard. He had like two quality offensive people. That yeah. were I'm like, wow, those are real plus players there. And you're like, yeah. are you going to win any of any offensive stats at yeah. all? Good luck. <laughs> yep, yep. I did take Mike Trout. Everybody in my my big league, so feeling good about that. I think anyone that has a number one overall pick has to take Trout. Better have Trout. I know there's a lot of people that look pretty good. Um, like Mookie Betts is also pretty good. And Arenado, Jose Ramirez, uh, for sure. But the wins above replacement that Trout gives, the consistency that Trout gives, all the stats he gives, I can't find a single weakness <clears throat> within his game. And then if you're wondering what I did in this 12-team league from Trout, I turned around with pick, uh, what would that be, pick? 24? Yeah. 24 and 25, I took I Chris so. Bryant, and then I took Reese Hoskins. 
Told you I'd get Reese Hoskins. Sure did. I got him. No doubt. Swish. Money. All right. Colorado players. <laughs> We're doing it this time. Um, my creeper for the Colorado Rockies is Charlie Blackman. Um, I imagine you're going to have similar feelings. I think we accidentally discussed a little bit of this <laughs> earlier. He's rated at 25 on ESPN leagues. Yeah. Age 32. His career batting average plus last season's batting average is definitely the strongest point that I can see within his game. So he's not going to fail you completely as an offensive player because he's he hit 291 last year, 302 career average. That's great. But last year he hit 29 home runs, 70 RBI, and 12 stolen bases. That's not what you love to see considering his stolen base numbers have been going down right. over the years. And they'll continue. And at 32, you, I don't see – there's only like a handful of people that have been able to keep their stolen base numbers the same, let alone improve them mm-hmm. into their middle 30s whenever you're around there. Uh, anywho, 29 home runs, 70 RBI, 12 stolen bases. 29 home runs also seems like a bit of a stretch to get to with his career average of 17 home runs per year. 53 RBI to- or career is also down from a lot of this. He was a little bit of a late bloomer, to be fair. So lately he's been better than what his career numbers would indicate. But I just don't see 25 as like your second round pick in some some leagues. There's no way. I, I would not feel comfortable at all. I would love to be seeing him around the fifth round because I think he's a pretty safe contributor as an offensive player, even at his age with Colorado helping boost up his, a lot of his numbers, maybe even sustaining the power numbers a bit. But I don't think he gets to 30 home runs again, and I don't think he even gets to 10 stolen bases again based right. on the de- decline that we've been seeing. Right. I agree. But I do disagree that he's not my keeper. I, I mean, creeper. Ooh, really? Yeah. Tell me your creeper. I have to name this guy as my creeper because he's wearing a different face on two different teams. I just got done talking about him. Justin Turner. And now Daniel Murphy. <laughs> It was, also, it was also 34 years old, being drafted mm. around 70. And he hit 12 home runs and 42 RBIs and batted 299 last year. That's irrelevant. <laughs> that is irrelevant. Him and Justin Turner. Hmm. Won't have them on my team. And they're the same person. They are very similar. Yeah. But my good man, you're missing one thing. Coors Field. I don't think it changes anything for Daniel Murphy. You don't think it changes anything? Nah. Maybe he scores more runs. Well, I think, I mean, that's probably true. I don't. But that wasn't even what I was going for. I think we see a slight increase in his power. And I think I've seen him go in leagues 71 on ESPN, but 118 on MLB.com. I think if you can get him in between 71 and 118, I like him for the possibility. His stable batting average is almost a for sure. I think his RBI totals will be improved going to Coors Field. I think he gets closer to his career average around 64. I don't think he steals like any bases at all, but I think possibly even he could scrape 20 home runs, but that's like it. <laughs> so, but, so, but where you just talked about him going is where we just talked about Max Muncy going earlier. Why would you draft him over Max Muncy? I would not. But I think if I can get him around that point, I'm not feeling miserable about it based on his second base eligibility. I wouldn't feel miserable about it, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, John. You can't do it? <laughs> I wouldn't do it. He may get up to 64 RBIs. Wow. Tell me it ain't wow. so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the counter argument would be his run scored in Coors Field the and batting would, average yeah. would help mitigate a lot of the power number losses. And, and that's a good argument. But 
If you're going for the power of numbers, yeah, you're not looking for Daniel Murphy. <laughs> Fully agree with that. Um, I just think he, there's a chance. And I mean, I'm not overly cautious. I'm not saying take him early. I would love to take him around 118. If I'm seeing him at 118, I I'm going to have a hard time not taking him. I wouldn't him. be mad at anybody that takes him at 118. But if you can get him, even if you take him at like 100, eh, okay. Feeling Still better good. than Cano, who's out there at 100. Yes. 71 is far too high. If you're taking him around 60, where Justin Turner is, you're making a fool of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's a terrible idea as well. I'm, I'm thinking a little Coors ma- Magic, a little dust right on the top. It just elevates some. him a little bit. There could be some. Let's talk about the real people that actually matter on this team. That is fair. <laughs> I got two keepers. Mm. Nolan Arnado and Trevor Story. I love them both. So I, they had to fill out my sheet of my big people I wanted to talk about. Um, For sure. Nolan Arnado, on average, over the like past four or five seasons, is insane. Yes. Why don't people talk he's about insane. him at all? And, he, and he's playing at age 28 this year, so he's going to be insane again. Mm-hmm. He's going around five. That's fantastic. If you get him, don't let him go beyond five in your league. If you get him at eighth pick, you are so fortunate. On average, for the past like four or five seasons, he's given over 100 runs. Well, more I'm, I'm lying. Like close to 100 runs. About 40 home runs. About 125 RBIs. And he's batting about <laughs> 300 on average. Wow. These you, the- you draft somebody that gives you stolen bases in a couple rounds, and there you go. Yeah. I mean, all I got to say is I agree with everything you said. <laughs> 297 batting average last year, 38 home runs, 110 RBI, two stolen bases. One of the safest players in all of Major League Baseball. You get him at five, you absolutely take him. He just has very few weaknesses. The field that helps him half the time in the home games. Four straight 37-plus home run seasons. RBI totals are a lock. I don't see anything to dislike. Yeah. To me, he should be talked about in the same category as almost every other person for every other major team that you talk about. Mm -hmm. The fact that more people would know who Andrew McCutcheon is than Nolan Arenado right now is a thing that brings a tear to my eye. Yeah. It actually hurts my spirit a little bit. For the Fairweather fans, for sure. Yeah. I just he should be a household name based on how he's been playing over the years, and he has shown no signs of slowing down. He might only be getting better. Yep. I think you at least get another three years of this. If there's a dynasty league, boom. I wouldn't have any hesitation taking Nolan Arenado, either. But who I like, maybe even more than him, because where I can draft him. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, is Trevor Story. I, I'm just I fell in love with this guy, and I would take him in the first round if I was in the back half of it. Um, and Arnado, of course, I'm not saying I'd draft him over Arnado, but to get this guy in the second round, I'm feeling so good about it. And that's Trevor Story, 26 years old, going around 18. He hit uh, 37 homers, 108 RBIs, and 27 stolen bases last year. That's that's amazing. And he led the National League in power speed number, which is a combination of home runs and stolen bases, obviously. And his power stats are insane. He kills the ball. Yes, you wouldn't think does. it, but his home run distance is like one of the highest averages there is in the MLB. He had a 505-foot home run last year. <laughs> shortstop. The shortstop. <laughs> he averaged, I think his average for home runs like 418, 420 feet. Wow. Animal. So you love that. It doesn't for him and Arnado, yeah, it's nice that they play in Coors Field, 
But it doesn't matter, I don't think, for either of these guys. And that's why they're so good. And what was really cool about Trevor's story is the way his batting eye approved last year, and he cut his strikeout percentage by over 9%. So, coming into this year, please draft him and feel great about it. Uh, I like him. I like Bregman. I like him more than Bregman. I like... Gosh, there's a lot of people... I might take Trevor's story over any of those top pitchers that were I, in this area. Yeah. I might take oh, him more than... Them. Well, you know I would. For sure. I might even take him over J.D. Martinez, because I know I'm, I'm a long time ago now, <laughs> after a few weeks. We, I t- we talked about J.D. Martinez. We were both on the same page of disliking him. I would take him over J.D. Martinez, for sure. And he's rated to be a middle of the second round, mm-hmm. like late second round sort of pick on ESPN, and like a middle of the second round... In MLB.com. People projected to go over him that I'm taking him over. Of course, starting pitchers because you know who I am. Um, J.D. Martinez. Francisco Lindor. Ronald Acuna. For sure. For sure. 100%. Um, not Trey Turner. I would actually take him over Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. All those starting pitchers again. I would take him over Bryce Harper. I would yes. take him over Aaron Judge too. Yes. It, it's actually insane what he's done. Well over 2020. I, right. I think it's safe to assume 2020 again is a f- for sure, especially the power side of it. Oh, stolen bases, I guess, could dip a little. But I think it's safe to aim at 20 for stolen bases as a safe guarantee. And then you probably are going to be 30-20 as like the safe guarantee for all of his stats. Plus, his batting average was good. And his floor is probably 268 based on his career numbers. Right. He's 26, right in his prime, dead hard of it, right where you like to see the age. I don't know how... If his number, if he puts some numbers he did last year, you're getting a top five player, right? In my opinion, and you're getting them in like the second round. That's insane. Some people, like ESPN, would be arguing like maybe third, and he plays in Coors Field, mm-hmm. which even if he's not playing that well, like if he hits the ball hard at all, it should be out, and he's crushing it. Right. I love him. I agree. yeah. Those two guys are so good. It's just a shame Colorado's not. Yeah. Although they, they made strides and they had a good team and a good run last year. It just... Are they a World Series team? I don't think so. Not, Maybe. I mean, they need pitching. They and, need pitching much. And I just don't think they have it to enough. Like, it's better than it has been in a long time for their pitching, let's be clear. But the, the guy, one of the guys I like in that rotation is Kyle Freeland. Age 25, last season, amazing. Uh, 285 ERA, 1.25 walks in his per inning, 7.7 Ks per nine. In Colorado. He's pitching in Colorado and was successful? Whoa. Yeah. Um, it's a breakout in his second year. I mean, it's risk because it's Colorado and the low strikeout rate's not ideal, but it's not like he's throwing a miserably low Ks per nine rate where it you should be. actually kind of speaks to him in his control. I kind of like that. If he's got an ERA, you said 285, mm-hmm. um, and he's not a strikeout guy in Coors Field. Kind of what it takes. I think strikeout guys in Coors Field are risky. Because uh, if you miss. In essence, John Gray. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. could be decent elsewhere, but not a command guy. I think maybe command guys are what it takes in Colorado. I think you're looking for ground balls and you're looking for control. Yeah. And he's that sort of guy. His walk test printing is a little high, like 1.25 to indicate his ERA being 285. That seemed like it was a little bloated there. Yeah, that sounds bloated. But. We're getting him as 220 in ESPN drafts, 203 in, in MLB. And he's 25, so, I mean, improvement is possible. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's ancient. 
So he's a guy I have my eye on. I Even though he's in Colorado, I might actually draft him. It's like breaking my own golden rule of fantasy baseball. Don't draft Colorado pitchers because it's just a hard life for them. He's the one I'm looking at as probably a good sure. value. I like it. Anything else you got to say on Colorado? Not really. I think they're a fun team, though. I mean, yeah. I'll be interested to see who repeats from their last year because it seems a little fluky that they did as well as they did. But I think that's really all I got to say. I think we covered the NOS pretty dang good. I think we did, too. Tips all over the place. Names all over the place. General strategies. A lot of bullpen information you gave, which is really helpful. A lot of starting pitching information that you gave. Yeah. Try to keep it balanced that way. (laughs) There we go. The yin and the yang. All right, guys. That's it. Got any questions or anything? Let us know. We'll address them. Yeah. In the comments. Hopefully, uh, we'll get our website up soon and we'll have. We're looking at it. We got it figured out. Yes. It'll be cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Adios. See ya.